I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. We always said the best way to sell shoes is not sell shoes. Just posting a picture of a shoe every day. Who fucking cares? I don't fucking care. And I own a shoe brand. Like, I don't want to see that shit. I want to see the depth behind it. Legacy brands can't adapt that way. Nike is the best sneaker brand in the world. They can't immediately change their marketing tactics because the world shifted in front of them, which it has. Millennials behave different. They want to see different things. That doesn't mean that Nike can start posting pictures like we do of beautiful women in cars. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. Today's guest is Ryan Babenzian, CEO of Greats Brand Shoes. That was Cassie with her favorite quote from today's interview. If you're not familiar with Greats, check them out at greats.com or find them on Instagram or Twitter. They're, they're really reinventing the sneaker business by selling shoes direct to you instead of going through retail stores. That means all the money that you pay normally that goes to the retailer stays in your pocket and you get a fresh pair of shoes at the right price. Ryan's an old friend of mine and uh, an experienced marketer in the streetwear business. He's going to break down his journey, how he got to greats and what he's trying to do there and teach us some lessons along the way. I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into that, we're going to hear the EDM.com track of the week. Thank you. 
All right, that was our EDM.com track of the week. The artist is called Without, and that track is called Someone Else. Look him up online if you liked it. And hit us up online at Twitter, at RebelRadioNet, or come to the website, RebelRadio.net. For now, we're going to talk to Ryan Obenzian from Greats. I'm glad I'm here first because I'm meeting Michael Rappaport this afternoon. Are you? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, we're, I'm fucking sponsoring his podcast. No way. Yes. Here, jump on the mic. You right. got to sit close. Good morning. And he had me listen to it, and then I like would listen to it on a road trip because the guy was so fucking funny. Is it not the best show? I think it's. Can I say this? Can I say this? Like, I'm on another podcast, but I'm going to just say that. I think he's what Howard Stern was yeah. when Howard Stern yeah, started. Yeah. So we tweeted them and said, hey, we want to like, Yeah, we've been tweeting something. back and forth a little and bit. And then they go, well, keep showing us love, and then we'll work something out. Whoa. So you need to go in there and be like, dude, I just interviewed. You on Rebel? You, like, you <laughs> fucking with Rebel? I fucks with Rebel. Exactly. You're our ambassador. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I, I love that show. I mean, I love when he just goes off on the rants, the fucking yeah, crazy shit he it. says. All right, let's rock and roll. Alright. Yo! We know that's not how we do it. That's how you start? No, no. that's he does it different all the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> always different. It's Yo! Like how he's feeling. Yeah. Right, let me get let me get caffeinated up. Caffeine up. If that happens And then we cut the intro afterwards, so don't be worried yeah. that I'm dude, I'm so not worried. Don't be worried that the intro sucks and this whole thing's been a huge Who does your time. intro music? Uh well so we <laughs> sometimes I pick a song. I'm gonna question you. Yeah, right. okay. a, I won't answer. <laughs> it's a Sometimes I pick a song that I feel best fits. Oh, the, the guest. vibe of the guest. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that'll be interesting. Let me see what that. I'm is. not even gonna ask for for a Shania Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Because I yeah, like perfect. straw in my teeth and cowboy boots is my and boot and booty shorts. Like <laughs> that's my thing. Ryan is wearing booty shorts. If you're. <laughs> yeah. If, if you had TV, this would be a blow up shot. That's right. Uh, but then we up. also we have a deal with EDM.com. Yep. Which is the world's largest curator of all things electronic dance music and beyond. There's a drop. They have hip hop channels. They have. <clears throat> that was that was a perfect drop. That by was the a way. drop, right? <laughs> it's well integrated. Exactly. So they give us a track of the week that we promote. Sometimes we start with that. Sometimes we cut that in right. later. I you know I could fuck with EDM, I guess. Yeah, but it's no, not all. It's like stuff. it's a good mix. There's yeah, like there's some chill hip-hop. stuff, some hip hop, some. We'll Whatever. It's an electronic state of mind. If I'm you in. Will. I'm in. All right. Sign me up. Original Portishead. Welcome to Rebel Radio. <laughs> Our guest today is Ryan Babenzian, CEO of Greats Brand. Shoes that I'm wearing that you can't really oh, can't see. see. <laughs> I'm rocking my Royales today. You've been doing yoga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Daily yoga. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks Good for morning. coming in all the way from Williamsburg. Yeah, to the rain yeah. and humidity yeah, in, L- in L.A. Crazy, right? So I haven't been back in two years. Literally, it's been two years yeah. since okay. I moved. And you haven't come back at all? Not once. Wow. And I don't think it's rained in two years no, no, until yesterday. First right. So I was like, oh, wow, maybe I should do this rain dance trip exactly. every quarter. Exactly. Give we you guys some it. love. That was good yeah. rain yesterday. Yeah. It was real. It was like yeah. strong it was nice. and warm. It was and like, turn on a movie. You, Except Josh was over, so I couldn't do that. You were over the <laughs> house? Yeah. What's, what's we had to prepare what? for this interview, man. It was oh, heavy, yeah. big, heavy big research. research. Just talking Absolutely. shit about you. <laughs> oh, my God, please. Yeah. We were digging Just, into all kind of forensics. Whew. Yeah, that could yeah. get ugly. <laughs> it was big. That could get... Let's keep this in the middle. 
So no. tell us about greats, man. Oh, the man. shoes are dope. Very, uh, you know, classic styles, from what I can tell, seems to be the vibe with uh, better materials. Yep. And I know you guys are, are upending the traditional shoe business. We're with, trying. Uh, selling direct to consumers. Yep. What's wrong with the traditional shoe business? It's inefficient. Okay. Very. And so inefficient. You know, it's inefficient and the customer pays for the inefficiency. They just don't really know it. So you have all the legacy brands that will make a product and every, not just footwear, this is everywhere. <clears throat> and they'll sell it to a wholesale price and then that wholesale slash retailer marks it up anywhere between two and a half to five X. In our, in our business, it can go to 10X if it's a wow. luxury fashion brand. Sure. And, <clears throat> you know, so you not, my, my $900 sneakers didn't cost definitely $900. Not. Definitely not. They <laughs> probably didn't even cost $100. Um, and, you know, like the model has been around now. Like Warby's pione pioneered it. Everlane's doing a great job. You know, yeah. there's, there's people in different verticals that have done this direct-to-consumer mm -hmm. business. And the Internet made that possible, yeah. right? Because the Internet gave ultimate scale and distribution to customers. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's easy to reach them, but it's available if yeah. you can find the right mix. Um, I think the key thing about all of it is the ones that are successful at it, making product and selling online doesn't make you a brand, but in order to sell lots of things, you have to become a brand mm -hmm. because that's what sets it really, that's what sets everything apart. You so, know? So, so what makes you a brand? Yeah. That's my question. You go. Uh, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of components that make up a brand. Well, but so for but talk about for you guys. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Well, when when we talk about our brand, we talk about three things repetitively. Like, I'm fucking Rain Man because I say it over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> Style, quality, value. Those are the those are the attributes around greats. Okay. Mm -hmm. They go into everything we do, whether it's our accessible price at forty nine dollars or if it's a really expensive collaboration at $400 mm -hmm. creating aspiration around value magic never never done before actually like accessible aspiration does yeah. not exist in the market yet or we are trying we are actually pushing to do it mm -hmm. and I think we are doing it but that's not something that you would see normally yeah I mean typically when we think of especially fashion marketing but luxury in general right like price is one of the things that you use to communicate mm -hmm. uh, the value of a product, right? right? Like, so you, so we believe the $500 sneakers are better right. than the $100 sneakers, partly just because they cost $500. Right. That's right. And so you guys are, are contradicting that. Yeah, we're, we're saying, we're, 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 we're educating that <clears throat> we'll make the same exact quality shoe in Italy using the best leathers and suede's from Italy and the same sole as all the luxury guys and even the same factories in many instances but by not wholesaling it mm -hmm. we're able to sell it at a much lower price right so we're and we have to communicate that because the initial perception of a customer is well their shoe is only $159 it can't near it can't be as good as the $400 version from right. Barney's right 
and the fact of the matter is it is just as good and many times better mm-hmm. we don't you know we don't take shots at other brands like we're better mm-hmm. we just say here are the qual-. like i would like to put my shoes up against everybody on a yeah. table and cut them all in half yeah. and show you why they're all of the same quality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah now you might want brand x because you want that brand on your back because it says something else about you sure but if you want to buy high quality stuff at a value price in the footwear mm-hmm. business we so, offer it so think of talk follow that a little bit what does grades say about you if they're on your feet yeah. beyond that you understand the value right you understand yeah not so paying for value i mean look we're we're just we've been really 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 fortunate to be seen on the feet of the most stylish people in the world right so we start there top of pyramid just yesterday we were in bill cunningham's section of the new york times nice. you know this is the legend he does he's yeah. he's the original street, street style legend. he's been doing it for 50 years mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me and he covered new york men's fashion week last week and we are coming out with a new style it's basically a sandal type shoe oh, i saw it and Nick Wooster wore it yeah. mm-hmm. to a show on Tuesday, and it was covered by everybody. Like, it literally, we got calls from every editor the next day, like, I need that for my next That's shoot. Crazy. So, we're a style brand. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. We're not a fashion brand. We don't talk about ourselves as a fashion brand. We understand why fashion talks about us and what we make things that live in the fashion world, but we're a style brand. We don't do runway shows. We don't do sales calls we don't do any of that shit we make what we think is relevant for the market buy now where now we're ahead of everybody in terms of what we get in how we get it in because we don't have to wait for the retailers to buy it mm-hmm. a year out um and that's what we do yeah so moving to brooklyn was obviously strategic oh man so but <laughs> you you mentioned that brooklyn embodied like greats more so than los angeles why Originally, it wasn't necessarily Brooklyn. It was New York. Mm-hmm. I just felt like starting a sneaker brand belonged in New York because the entire editorial business is there. Sure. Right. Yeah. So that was like the first, we're going to New York. Yeah. Right. Along the way, like literally, like immediately, I was doing all this research and I learned that no men's sneaker brand ever came out of Brooklyn. That's crazy. And then the third was like how influential Williamsburg specifically right. Williamsburg was becoming mm-hmm. for fashion around the world. Right. Like it's a global I love it. So fashion curation center at mm-hmm. this point. Like everybody in the world that goes to New York goes out to Williamsburg to check it out. Yeah. Those three things just aligned. That was just dumb luck. Right, right place, like, right time. Yeah. So, oh, awesome. you know, hashtag, hashtag born in Brooklyn. That's like <laughs> our key, like one of the ones we use all the time. And it's been become so powerful that Le Bon Marche from, from Paris, like oldest retailer, mm-hmm. uh, off, like the best retailer in the world. Like yeah. they, get, they get an award every year for being the best store in the world. They do this like store takeover every year. Last year it was about Tokyo. This year it's about Williamsburg. Nice. And we're going to be in it. Like, nice. So we're a brand that doesn't sell the stores. Yeah. We're in the best retailer in the world as a, as a pop-up. But like, you know, that's a big deal right. for a year and a half old company to kind of have that influence in the space. That's a big deal. Yeah. What are... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I cut you off there? No, I'm going to go get a coffee. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> we don't need you anymore, <laughs> man. Thanks no, for coming. No, I was just going to say, what, what are some of the challenges? Not, not, you know, I did read that 
people <coughs> can't actually try on your shoe, but that you had them featured at some stores for you to try. Are you still doing that? Um, we just did a pop-up at Stephen Allen in East Hampton. Um, we haven't done a lot of what you're, what you're saying. Right. When we first launched, we had two stores where you could walk in, try it, touch it, and then you would buy it online. Right. And it was a union here in Los Angeles. And, oh, shit, man, I feel so long ago. What was the other one? I'll, it'll come back to me. Right. High Point, High Point Sneakers in, okay. in Arizona. How important is that now? I mean, you know, we're, we're used to buying shit on Zappos. Yeah. Or... So I think it's important for a certain generation, right? Okay, simple, simple numbers. The majority of the market still buys things in stores yeah. for everything. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Stores are not going to go away. Except books. They're going to be, except for books. Yeah. They're going to be part of the shopping experience. Mm -hmm. um, we offer free shipping returns. We don't even offer free shipping. Mm -hmm. We offer returns for free. So we're, it's pretty risk-free. Like, try it on. If it doesn't fit, send yeah, it back. Yeah. We'll send you the right size. Yeah. The millennial customer base that we serve, and we're a hundred percent millennial at this point, that's kind of what they they grew up on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they don't know anything. They kind of don't really know much different. Like that's just what they expect. Mm -hmm. So they have no problem. Right. Older customers, beyond forty-five. Careful. <laughs> hey man, I'm, I mean I'm in the same group, right? Uh, those guys, outside of the coast. They shop in stores. Yeah. That's where they go. Right. So there, there would be resistance for the, for us to um, own that market as quickly as we are in the millennial space. Mm -hmm. But frankly, we're in the we're in the youth business. Yeah. that's what sneakers are. How much you selling off the coasts? Uh, New the north northeast is about forty percent. California as a state is another forty percent, and mm -hmm. the rest is across the rest. That's right. it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, we're nascent. It's tiny. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, sure. Everybody over here, like, the fact that I walked in here this morning and there was a kid in the coffee shop wearing one of yeah, our that's shoes, wild. that's amazing. Yeah. But we're in, we're in Hollywood. We're in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's not going to happen in fucking Peoria. Right. You know, like, they're like, who the fuck is great? They never heard of us. Even though we get covered in every single of course. Yeah. sneaker blog, fashion blog, New York Times, that's a very specific type of customer that we are... Happy to live with for now. Mm -hmm. And then as you scale, you just go after more customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what I love about that story you were saying earlier that you saw the guy across the street in wearing your shoes and then he recognized you. <laughs> and I <laughs> Which mean, is it, weird for me. Well, that's interesting because, you know, you're a business guy. You're, you're not like your partner, John, is the creative, right? No, no longer. Oh. That's okay. We can Tell edit that, that part. Yeah, that's you fine. Uh, John hasn't been involved since last March. Oh, I didn't know. <clears throat> totally amicable. Yeah. He wanted to do Bisemi and he didn't want to move to New York. So we're like, okay, mm -hmm. no harm, mm -hmm. no foul. We're just going to. Right. That, it was really that simple. So he's just doing his line. He just does Bisemi. So um, who designs? Uh, we have a designer. Okay. Uh, Soleil Benbury. We, we kind of, he, he designed the Kohlhan Lunar, which mm -hmm. is probably the most successful shoe Kohlhan's done in two decades. Yeah. You know, born in Tribeca, sneaker dude. Uh, he's our he's our designer. Cool. But we're so small that like we kind of all design. Yeah. Like yeah, everybody it. has sure. a hand in naming colors. Like we're just a collaborative sure. unit at mm -hmm. this point. But my point is, so you didn't get into this to necessarily be the face of the brand. N no, definitely. Not. But yet, <laughs> but you kind of become that, right? And part of it is the is I think the social. Well, when we launched, then we had you know. 
there was two roles. Like John was meant to be the face right. and he's good at that and he loves that. Yeah. And I was going to be the face on the business side. So like, yeah. you know, if there was a convention going on about marketing, mm-hmm. I that's go. You. If there's a sneaker thing, John goes. Right. There's a, you know, that's how we were going to co- divide and conquer. Now I do them both. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, so how does that feel for you? Like what's. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just not my thing. I'm a really private guy, but I'll do it because <clears throat> it's good for the company. It's good for the business. It's good for the brand and yeah. you, you do it, but it's really not my natural mm-hmm. <laughs> goal to yeah. be like recognized. And it is weird. Like we're super small. So when I get recognized, it's fucked up. Like I get recognized now in Williamsburg, like, Hey, great guy. Like yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it is what it is. You That's know. interesting too with shoes, I think, because you know, for a lot of apparel, we sort of associate with the person, with mm-hmm. you know Ralph Lauren or mm-hmm. Diane von Furstenberg, like right? Wait. Whereas typically shoe brands are, we don't know who designs Nike and the D, unless you're really yep. into that. If, you know, sneakerheads might know some yep. of the names, but your average consumer doesn't know who's designing their sneakers no and i i think that's just a label brand position you know i think people know who the founder of nike is right and the founder of they might not recognize him but they they've heard his name before Mm -hmm. um right and that's just the role you take Mm -hmm. yeah being recognized walking down the street like that's that's different for me but absolutely it's part of the game yeah what about, I mean, to me, even the idea of an upstart sneaker brand. I liked how you flipped that, not startup. Well, <laughs> but like, you know, I think we're used to a couple guys starting a t-shirt line out of the house or whatever, mm-hmm. and that turns into something. Even maybe jeans, a little bit more. Sneakers seem like, you know, just a, hard to make. It's a different commitment right I yeah. mean the sizes the <clears throat> yeah. they got to perform in a different it's way it's very complex yeah. and so there, I think that speaks a lot to just how technology and, so, and sourcing and things like that are evolving that you can even do this well we had a bit of a background in this so it's not like we were like four business school guys that were like hey man let's go make this right. because right. there's a huge barrier in all of fashion I think the barrier to entry for a product is the highest in footwear because it's complex right there's lots of sizes there's last making there's a lot that goes into that whole thing making a t-shirt people start t-shirt brands every day Mm -hmm. they buy blanks Mm -hmm. they silk screen it downtown you don't have to leave la right jeans khakis all that shit so that's why i don't you know you don't see a lot of sneaker brands starting up like this or at least not ones that are succeeding like some guy with a dream might have made four samples but it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean he's created a company yet right right um so yeah, so we had a, but we had a head start there. You know, yeah. we, we when, had years of experience before. When did, did you guys it. know it was going to be successful? Like when was that moment? We launched in beta August 6, 2013. We sold the shoe every 90 seconds for 7 hours straight on average. Nice. That's what we knew. Right. We're like holy shit. And wh- <laughs> how did how did that happen? Yeah, that's cool. What did you guys do? I mean, it was a combination of things, but like, again, we're building a brand and that's Mm -hmm. what we talk about and that's what we do. And brand creates emotion. So 
we thought we had positioned the brand well at launch. And what that meant was we had 10,000 followers on Instagram before we launched. We had every single fashion press story at launch. We created two really nice styles. That's important, obviously. Like mm-hmm. this, this, the, what you make leads that. So, and all of that came together in a perfect storm. And we were able to do that without spending any, we didn't spend a dollar on marketing for almost a year, not one cent. That's crazy. And people don't believe that. Like in, when I, you know, we've, we've raised money now as in the venture community and we'll, t- we'll show the presentation and they'll ask like, well, how much did you spend on marketing to get that revenue? And we're like, zero. So, <laughs> they, so they don't believe it. Yeah, sure. Really so did people follow, did people follow you because, or follow greats because of the product or do you feel like because of your background with Joe and you're saying at the beginning yeah at the beginning so I think that the sneaker culture is the most difficult culture to market to I don't think you can market to them you have to be part of their community mm-hmm. John and I be, were part of the community we right. both worked at sneaker companies we had John had founded one before we understood the space and we were invited in So there's two barriers to entry to footwear. Mm -hmm. One, it's just hard to make. And two, if you're going to get into the sneaker game, you can't buy your way in. You just can't. You have to kind of have the invitation to play there. And we did. And, like, those are the guys that, uh, like, became customer number one, and they're still customers now. Those guys are the most influential in their social circle. Mm -hmm. They buy a disproportionate amount of things for style like they spend a lot of money on style not just footwear but just stuff Mm -hmm. um and that's you know that's an invitation that's not a strategic manipulation you can't do it you can't yeah yeah sure well i want to talk about um you're talking about style a little bit (coughs) you know one of the things i love uh on your Instagram is that there's a lot of stuff that's not shoes. Yes. And uh, I brought presents. Oh, nice. I didn't know there was three people, but. <laughs> cool. Sorry, I'm like fucking up the show here. Dope. That's oh, all right. That's all right. We love presents. That's dope. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. This is the one. So I was uh, actually, I used this in a presentation last week. Thank you. Because I was showing a, a I was showing so a potential cute. client how to talk about stuff of interest to your consumer that's not shoving your brand down their throats, and I showed an example from the Morning Wood post, which they they like the name, um, <laughs> but you guys do every morning a post on Instagram. Put up Morning Wood every day. Absolutely, <laughs> and and it's some like really dope piece of wood mm-hmm. i don't know yeah how it's to a play it, right but a, it's, it's a play on an idea yeah, yeah but it's something sculpted out of wood but but it's also like so the name's clever but beyond that like it's a it's a piece of design that speaks to your mm-hmm. aesthetic yep right and then you do that you know i see i see cars and motorcycles in there i see you know other stuff content that's not about shoes So how and is that you making those decisions? Uh, well, we have somebody now that does our 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 social feeds, but mm-hmm. yeah, like we set the tone of what yeah for for the first four months we were doing Instagram by ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. 
before pre-launch like and the concept was like the things that influence us in our own personal life mm-hmm. and how we're going to approach design and we always said like selling shoes the best way to sell shoes is to not sell shoes right like just yeah posting a picture of a shoe every day who yeah. fucking cares yeah. i don't fucking care and i own a shoe brand like i don't want to see that shit i want to see the the depth behind it mm-hmm. right and that's our strategy you know we're at 70,000 followers now on instagram alone mm-hmm. our total social reach is like almost 400,000 across mm-hmm. various channels and like we post a shoe maybe 20% of the time mm-hmm. yeah that's smart and yeah. that's how I we mean, do that's it. like the right ratio too so, i think so yeah so talk you know before this you were a corporate guy so when we met you were at puma yep uh, doing entertainment marketing, right? Yep. And then K-Swiss. Yep. And then, uh, so so for guys like that, not to pick on those companies. No, fuck those but, guys. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's talk about them. But so, so No, I have a lot of friends at all those companies. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> my point is, for companies like that, that's really hard to wrap their heads around, that we're going to talk about all this shit that we can't make money on. Right. Right, that, you know, you want me to post a picture of wood? Like, how is that? Yeah. You know, they, they'll talk about, like, the product as the hero. They'll talk yep. about merchandise. I mean, we have hero shots, too, right? Of course. Sure. But 20% of it. You're, look, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And that's why working in those environments, we realized the opportunity. The only way it was going to work is if we started something new. You yep. just, legacy brands can't adapt that way. Like, Nike's the best sneaker brand in the world. They're the best marketing company in the world. Let's mm-hmm. say that. That's more accurate. Sure. They can't immediately change their marketing tactics because the world shifted in front of them, which it has, right? Mm-hmm. Like millennials, they just behave different. They want to see different things. That doesn't mean that Nike can start posting pictures like we do of like beautiful women and cars. They just could never do that yeah. because they're, they have for 30, 40 years, they've just talked about like their sport position and they still do and mm-hmm. that's their position mm-hmm. and it works for them yeah. mm-hmm. so tell us why they're the best in the world the best marketing com- company in the world mm-hmm. <clears throat> because the intrinsic value of a sneaker is the same technology sure they spend a ton of money on R&D mm-hmm. um, but it's our belief that people buy fly knits because they look cool not to run in Sure. It's not a good running shoe. Right. I don't see any run. I run. My brother <laughs> yeah. runs. Like nobody I know yeah. runs in one, but they look dope. Yeah. Yeah. KDs, great, great, great basketball shoe. Ninety-nine percent of them. That's an exaggeration. Ninety percent of them never make it on a basketball court. Of course. They're worn for style, and that's that's how good they are in marketing. They will build this technology story but people are really buying it for something else mm-hmm. they bought into this mm-hmm. belief that they're gonna fucking backwards dunk 360 and shit right. but they're never even gonna play basketball on them right? right that's pretty good marketing yeah but it makes you walk a little taller or whatever it is creates an emotion they're Absolutely. a great brand yeah that you know yeah. the, the the vote is in there so when you what lessons did you take from puma k-swiss from your corporate background <coughs> to this brand I mean, there's a lot, but I learned that legacy brands will have trouble optimizing the world we live in today. And they are, right? They're just having trouble. Yeah. 
some are better at managing it than others, but like, I didn't want to be part of that. And I felt like there was a better way. So we're just, we're just you know, we're going to do it our way. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think in today's world, sneakers, sneakers are other. To build a brand, there's no other way to do it than this way, vertical. Because if you wholesale your business, like the, 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 the myth is this. I start a fashion company or a clothing company. My goal is to get Barney's to buy it. Right. Okay, I get them to buy it in the second season. Then I got to figure out how to produce all that stuff. Mm. Then I have to deliver it on time. And if I don't deliver it on time, they penalize me. And then if it doesn't sell through, they charge me back. And like, that's the world of, mm-hmm. of wholesaling. That's why most brands fail in fashion. They just can't survive. They're, they're, us- they're usually undercapitalized. They don't have the cash flow to like get through the cycle to build the brand part of it. Mm-hmm. They're just chasing this like, oh, Barney's is buying. and It's an expensive process. Right. Take all that out. Focus on the brand part, like just the brand part. Mm-hmm. Create ambassadors, like people that buy four pairs and tell their friends and keep going. Mm-hmm. Then, you are, then you have some control. If you want to then sell the Barney's, you can do it on different terms, right? You go, yeah. hey, we'll let you have our stuff. Sure. That, that's how you build a brand. The, the irony of all of that is we've been approached by every major retailer in the world. Every single one. Name, yeah, na- top to bottom. Yeah. From, from Selfridges in London to, I mean, we're on Mr. Porter. Mm-hmm. We have a very nice partnership with Mr. Porter. It's super successful. It's new, but mm-hmm. the sell-through there was crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're the best in the world at luxury e-com. So, like, it makes sense for us to be on that one. Right. right. And doing these partnerships in different tiers was something we'll do. Right. Yeah. That's not relying on them to drive our revenue. It's a difference. That feels like <clears throat> it It takes a level of confidence. <laughs> Insanity is probably closer to there. Okay. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, look, I've known you. We've known each other probably coming up on 10 years. Yep. Uh, from the first time we met, you struck me as really confident. Like that, you kind of, that comes out of you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> no, like, no, like you. it or not, but, but that's, uh, but I think you have to have that to Ye- take this approach because mm-hmm. the whole world is telling you the way you do it is over here. And then you're saying, yeah, but I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Without question starting anything takes confidence like you'll fail if you don't have confidence you shouldn't be arrogantly confident you should be well informed on what you're going to do and then go do it Mm -hmm. like but don't buy into the norm because most people just want to follow right and that's the world that's just the world the world is made up of like people that do crazy shit and fucking you're like oh my god that dude is amazing Mm -hmm. and then there's everybody else there's very few of the, the first kind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm confident, but I'm confident with logic. Like it's not like some crazy idea that I have that we think we can be a great footwear brand and not have to worry about retailers. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I I think it's a really logical approach we're taking, and it sure. seems to be working. So, yeah. was it always a dream to do this? It sounds like a kid question. Aww. Was it your dream? I mean, I've always been an entrepreneur in my head. And like, even when I worked at big companies, I approached it with an entrepreneurial way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I wouldn't say my dream was to start a sneaker brand, but I definitely knew that I was going to start something. Something. 
it just this is the one that made the most sense at the right time and you know life like all of that kind of aligned right, right. but i didn't sit around when i was 10 years old saying i'm going to start a sneaker company right. yeah so and before this in, in between leaving corporate and this right you were involved with boast yeah which i thought is where i i, w I would be for 10 years yeah um that was just a it just wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna work the way i needed it to work mm -hmm. for me to do what i do mm -hmm. right and that it just came down to that so i started thinking about what am i going to do so was that uh what what was the what what was the lesson there that you took then into the next thing <laughs> do my own thing okay i just i can't I had total control. I was a CEO of that com CEO of the company. I, it's not like I had some board to answer to, but you know, it was it was funded by somebody who didn't really understand the vision that I had to mm -hmm. to do it, and yeah. wasn't going to be able to really get behind it. And you know, it was his capital. Right. I don't want to like take your money to do what you don't believe in. Right. Right. So how did you take that and approach it to greats? Well, I just realized like. I need to have my own, like 100% total control mm -hmm. over what I want to do. Because if I don't, there's a really good chance it won't work. Because most people are like timid on a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So they buy into the one part of the idea, but they want you to go, oh, well, why don't we just open 20 stores? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just do it, it'll be right. great. Like, no, you're missing the point. Like, that's not what we're gonna do. So I, I just learned that I needed to have my own company. Right. That's what I learned from from that last mm -hmm. little. It mm -hmm. was only a year, but it was a really valuable. Yeah. 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 Really valuable year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, I think that's so important. I know you've talked in some interviews about kind of leveraging your your experiences, right? That you have, you have, uh, you know, you you sort of it's this idea that you kind of build your arsenal along the way. Yeah, I think you know over time, like you start to build like your specialty. Yeah. And if your specialty aligns with starting a business, that's the best way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't start, you know, a dress business. Like, what the fuck do I know about making dresses right. or marketing dresses or how it fits on women? Like, I don't know anything about that. Sure. So this one is like, oh, I know a lot about this. Right. Yeah. And the timing of this is perfect. That's great. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Was it scary? <laughs> scary every day it's scary right now <laughs> i mean really they there's a saying in in the startup world where like <clears throat> being the founder ceo of a startup is the loneliest job in the world yeah. and yeah. it's totally true yeah yeah totally totally true we have so a great that? i mean you just do it because like i truly believe in this like i believe we're creating one of the best brands that will be around for 20 40 Boom. years type things and like yeah. that's why i'm doing it Mm -hmm. So I just think about like that, right? Not like the fact that somebody quit today, right? <laughs> well, but <laughs> that's just part of the game. But what's, sure. what's awesome? I mean, I I think just from watching how the community is active and growing, that part of what's fueling that is you're getting a lot of love from all these like yeah. It's easy to feel good when you're getting support. Yeah, like right? the, the, right. yeah. I'm sure there's a ton of repeat buyers. Um, yeah. Which yeah, is that a really good. Yeah. that's something we we measure like mm -hmm. there's two things we measure obsessively and are, that are critical. Uh, mm -hmm. We said we weren't going to talk about metrics. We're not. But we are now. Customer satisfaction. Okay. And repeat 
business. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know? Uh, well, we measure them by metrics, but you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so I'm just kidding. So, but how do you how do you know if you have satisfied customers? So there's two scores that the internet e-com mm-hmm. world, and it's called an NPS score, yeah. Net Promoter Score. So Nike has a 24. Mm-hmm. Zappos has a 69. Mm-hmm. Apple has a 71. We have a 77. So it's nice. like off the chart, customers are really satisfied once they become one. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, and this is not as common, um, we use Zendesk as a mm-hmm. customer retention tool. Um, we have a 96. It's almost perfect mm-hmm. for nine months. So we know that customers are super happy when mm-hmm. they become customers. The hard part is, you know, how do you go from 20,000 customers to 200,000 customers right. to 2 million customers right. and maintain that level yeah, of satisfaction? Sure. That is super hard. Mm-hmm. What's the answer? I don't know yet. I'll tell you <laughs> when I get there. <laughs> so, well, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, how, do, how does the community, I mean, obviously when you see people posting photos and that's awesome, but how does the community actually impact your business? I mean, they influence it every day, right? So like for every guy that says, I love greats, there's another one that says, fuck you. My shit is late. Mm -hmm. And he's vocal, like Mm -hmm. everywhere. Probably more vocal. Way more. Yeah. Twitter, Pinterest, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, email, You know, we go above and beyond to satisfy customers, even when they're wrong. And believe mm-hmm. me, most of the time, like yeah, technically, mm-hmm. they're wrong. Right. right. They're just wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. we'll stand behind our quality without question. If something's wrong with the shoe, we'll, we'll, repli- we'll give you a new one. Mm-hmm. If you can't show me, like, well, I don't like the way this one fits. There's a piece of thread that I can't show you in a picture, but I know it's there. Like, th- those kind of guys who exists, yeah. we still replace it. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. Um, so that's a little bit of Zappos philosophy, right? In terms of super serving the customer and really delivering just happiness. like <laughs> delivering happiness. But, you know, being yeah. like and, and way over I'm, what's necessary. I met Tony Shea years ago and I went to like his, yep. he did a private, um, when he wrote his book, he did like a private mm-hmm. thing at CAA and I was invited. It was great, right? definitely gleaned some knowledge out of that we don't like here's an example of how committed we are so we have an international customer base that we know exists but we don't sell there Mm -hmm. we don't sell internationally not because we can't because it doesn't provide the value we want because if you're going to pay 40 bucks for a shoe and then spend 40 dollars to ship it yeah go buy another shoe in your local market, mm-hmm. like buy another brand. Right. When we get there, like locally, then we'll be able to sell that shoe at the same price. We'll have a distribution. Do you communicate yeah. that? We do. When people that's complain, wild, you know, because people love, I'm sure I would be like, but I want the shoe. <clears throat> we get it every day. I mean, hundreds of times a day. Mm-hmm. But that's how committed we are. Yeah. I yeah, feel like I would do you a disservice, like selling it to you, because right. I can't give you the value that I need to to feel good about right. my brand. So we just don't do it. Right. We yeah. could. 3x our revenue in a week mm-hmm. if I sold to Asia and England and mm-hmm. Australia and all the com- countries that complain basically every day. Right. But that's how committed we are. Right. It doesn't sound like customer service, but it is. It's no, counterintuitive, so. but I we're think... just like, look, 
we're not ready for you yet. Well, I think it speaks to a really interesting idea that, I mean, we talk about this all the time, that what our clients want is leadership. They want someone to say, hey, we got this, yeah. right? And, and we know stuff you don't know. We're going to help you through this. And I think that's the, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Is like, you know, we got to do what, what we know is going to be best for the customer, even if that's not what they're asking us for. Yeah. Right? But, but it's taking that stance and, you know, taking money out of your own pocket to make sure that it goes down the way you, that it needs to go down. Yeah. And we'll get there. Like, believe me, we mm-hmm. want to get there. One of the big learnings in the last year was like, we'll get to international markets before we thought. Right. Because in last year in Hong Kong, almost immediately, like within weeks, we launched a shoe, the Bab, it came out in June. And weeks later, it's being resold in Hong Kong yeah, I read that. for 50%, 80% more. Yeah. That is now happening in mainland China, Korea, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a brand builder, that's magic. You can't, you just couldn't strategically yeah. go after that mm-hmm. where you have a secondary market where people pay more than mm-hmm. retail. But it proved to us that we've impacted a culture, so we have to get there and give them, because the guy now is buying it for more than we sell it for, right? right? Mm-hmm. So like that's not good either, right? Like on the on the one side, yeah. So we'll we'll get there. Although in sneakers, that's pretty common, right? That you know, it happens. The, the resale market for sneakers is pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's it's something unique about the sneaker space for sure, but you want to it's all we have now for Asia like you mm-hmm. can't go and buy our right. stuff unless yeah. you pay more for it yeah, and that's yeah, not yeah. that's not okay yeah um, you know you, you talk a little bit about chaos that's kind of part of your job <laughs> chaos efficiency officer so uh, <laughs> and I, I get it you know starting yeah, you know you're you're the same absolutely. You're in the same boat so how does that I'm asking you to kind of go into the future a little bit but you know, how does that scale? You know, as you go from 20,000 to 200,000, et cetera, you know, how do, how do you scale your ability to manage the chaos? I mean, y- you build a team, like, so that y- you can't do it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we couldn't be a team of nine people and get to 200,000 people mm-hmm. and, and customers. It just it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So you, you build a team, you build the best team you can, you, you know, you want to f- mitigate risk across the ver- all the channels within the company, and you have to hire great people. Like that's the only way. Mm-hmm. We're at that point now. Like we're mm-hmm. looking for some key key roles that, if we don't hire in the next four to six months, like things are going to start to break. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then with that team, you hope that the chaos management starts to shift. Right. Like, it's not all about me. Like, yeah. each person has their own level right. of chaos management. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my plan. So if you meet Ryan <laughs> on the street and you're making him super uncomfortable, ask him for a job. <laughs> hey. That's the lesson here. You know, we've got, of the nine... Four of them got jobs that way. Is that right? That's right. Nice. I mean, they didn't stop me on the street. They yeah. emailed us. Yeah. Yeah. 
first hire we made kid goes to Dartmouth working in banking you know way smarter than me for sure <laughs> and he just wrote the most passionate email I've ever seen like I want to leave what I do and go work for this company yeah. go work for grades yeah he was hire number one yeah people dig passion passion yeah. wins man yeah. every time yeah like I, I give more credit to passion than where you went to school. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the other thing the big companies miss, right? Yeah, they, they recruit have, out of the same pools. I, yeah, uh, and they yeah. have their keyword searches that yep. they look for certain skills and. Ironically, like we are well represented in the top, like we have people from Cornell, Harvard, Dartmouth, Penn, Columbia. Mm, mm -hmm. you're, but you're, yeah, you're right there in the heart of all. Of yeah, that. but but. How about University of Phoenix? Yeah. Phoenix, we do not have. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotta have goals. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. No, in that, I look, I just said where you went to school doesn't matter yeah, yeah, yeah. to us. It right. doesn't. But we happen to have guys mm -hmm. that, and girls that went to really great schools because they're passionate about joining young companies with a vision. Right. And they no longer want to go to work at Goldman. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's, that's just not where they're interested. Yeah. yeah. What, so what's what's important to you when when you're bringing this team on and yeah, I guess that's the question. What's yeah? What's the most important thing to you? I mean, you said passion, but what else? I mean, we look we look for really smart people. Like, and smart comes in a lot of different ways. But if y you just need to sh be able to figure shit out because we're moving fast. Tenacity. We, no, we're just moving fast. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm in California today. There's stuff going on in that office that they'll figure out mm -hmm. because I'm not there. Mm -hmm. And right. that's what you need. Yeah. What about, I mean, you know, you got to sort of be a sneakerhead junkie to do this or is Definitely it culture? Not. Okay. So, so no. culture doesn't really. I mean, it's helpful if you have an interest in sneakers and I think everybody that works there definitely does, mm -hmm. but they're not, they're not sneakerheads. Right. Um, I don't think we have one sneakerhead actually. Mm. We have a couple of guys that had their sneakerhead moment, but yeah, sure. nobody's yeah. waiting in line somewhere right. Right. anymore. Right. Like yeah, of course. that's what you you know they're past well, that, that. Now they have yeah. a job. Well, they're part of a company that will set the future tone of yeah. that. Right. And like yeah, that's cool. That's what you want, like yeah. people that Problem had solvers. an interest, but now they're like creating the market. Mm -hmm. I've actually talked to some of the guys that like. Because they, they have jobs that are pretty high-level exposure in New York, right? And I'm like, look, you're, you shouldn't act like a fan anymore. You should act like an authority. Mm -hmm. Like, you fucking designed this shoe, if, that, if I'm talking about a designer. I'm like, you designed it. You need to talk about, like, why this shoe matters and not, you know, think about, like, another designer at another brand and like why you're a fan like you're a right. fanboy of him you can respect the, somebody else's work sure. but you shouldn't be like asking for autographs for you know right. peers like that yeah. but you know like when you're yeah. 22 years old it takes some it takes some growth like you just you're transitioning out of like one role to the next and like we have a really young crew like these kids are the like average age of the company is 26 years old yeah. so oh, like awesome. this is new stuff for them but they're start they're really smart guys so they're all starting to like take on the responsibility of the role mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right let's talk a little bit about um, what 
what else some of the big companies are doing wrong, right? Like, <laughs> I don't want to tell them what they're doing wrong because then they might fix it. They're not going to fix it. <laughs> It'll take them That's too true. long. You just said they can't, they can't fix yeah. it. True. But, you know, look, typically in the sneaker business, you need athletes. Right? You got to pay athletes a lot of money to wear your Overpaid. shoes. Overpaid. Um, <clears throat> you know, this year, I think the big story is Kanye with Adidas. Yep. Um, which, you know, the CEO is talking about how much it's done for their brand. Yep. What's wrong with that? Authenticity. Specifically Kanye. The dude wears Nike fucking almost exclusively for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Highest check payer, go, he goes to Adidas. The market knows that. Right. Did they sell some Yeezys? Yeah. Do I think it's going to move the needle across the board to like save mm-hmm. or change the trajectory of Adidas's overall business? I don't think so. Not from an ROI like perspective. Like they paid him a lot of money. Sure. So like in order to recoup that money, they have to do a tremendous right. revenue number to justify that spend. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll get it. Right. So what should have they have done? Look, celebrities have always been overpaid for endorsement deals. I, I was I was yeah. hated in Hollywood when I was at Puma mm-hmm. because one I used to be an agent, right? So I was on one side at one point right. negotiating on behalf of actors none of those deals ever worked out like it really didn't work out like nobody really you mean for the brands no or in, even for the yeah. for the actor like mm-hmm. you know great you got the actor a nice paycheck but like you know he didn't wear it enough he wasn't yeah. really into it and it didn't help the brand so you don't want to do those kind of deals just to bury a $500,000 check for a guy like yeah. that's yeah. that's not a good deal mm-hmm. <clears throat> so with Kanye and with all these kind of celebrities that have been paid to do endorsements for footwear brands, they never work. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like when Jay Z did a deal with Reebok, and Jay Z is like this shit. Like this is mm-hmm. he's as authentic as it gets, right? right? Yeah. Best one of the best in the game. The Sean Carter sneaker brand failed because in the real world, he wasn't wearing Reebok. Right, right, he right. was wearing something else. Justin Timberlake, at the time he launched his denim brand, he was like arguably one of the most influential people on the planet. Yeah. Like dudes wanted to hang out with him, girls wanted to fuck him. Right. Like he was it. <laughs> he couldn't make a denim brand work. It failed. Right. Like it's really, really, really hard for celebrities to move the needle for a brand. Right. So the answer is smaller, more nimble, high relevancy works bloggers right people that are like yeah in the mix more like Mm -hmm. that's what i think we need more of that's what we do Mm -hmm. um it works for us we're tiny i get that yeah but big big exposure without authenticity is usually a waste of money Mm -hmm. in my humble opinion so why do they keep doing it because that's what they do You know, they still, they work with bloggers, obviously, but they sure. don't, look, it's really, when you're a billion dollar revenue business and that's small for a bigger player, like, you mm-hmm. know, Nike's 40 billion. If you're a billion dollar sneaker brand, it's really hard to keep growing. It's just hard. Like, right. I don't know what it's going to be like when I'm mm-hmm. there. Maybe in 10 years, I'm going to be having, you know, Brad Pitt. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it, but. Um, no, but you have celebrities who wear your stuff. We have celebrities that wear them. Right, but it's authentic because they That's like, different. Yeah. You want everybody to wear them. Right. You just don't want to pay them $500,000 to do it. Right. right. 
that's totally, totally different. Like we made custom shoes for Kevin Durant. Right. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We're not paying Kevin Durant. Right. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, he gets fined from Nike every time. Every time he posts about it. Right. That's so funny. Right. Yeah. It's like, guys. You know, Tyson Beckford's been rocking our stuff. Mason Plumlee from the Nets, like, just stopped by the office the other day. Like, we have real high-profile people with tons of cash that Mm want to wear grades. Mm -hmm. That is great. Like, that's really impactful. Mm -hmm. But we're not paying them. Yeah, it's tough, though. I feel like it's tough for brands to, like, embrace that organic approach. I mean, they'd like to, but it's so slow, Mm -hmm. you know? It's sort of... You can't always predict that you, these celebrities are going to wear your stuff. You know, you can only hope that For they sure. pick it up and that they do. And then other times you have to make it, you have to like create yeah, that. I think it goes back to that lack of confidence we were saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's this idea that if I'm not paying you, then you're not doing exactly what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you money so I can control you. Right. Right. Yep. And, and that's more of that mentality. Right. It's like the bigger check I write this guy, the more I feel like I'm in control mm-hmm. of the situation and I can get metrics that I can rely on. This tweet gets mm-hmm. this many million impressions, et cetera. And it's kind of ignoring the way, you know, what we're talking about It's ignoring the way the world really works, which right. is that, you know, consumers can see that stuff. They know mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily make it bad, but it it limits how much effect it has yeah and like it's been done well like it's not impossible it's just no, yeah yeah most big brands get it wrong yeah. for, for a variety of yeah, reasons but, but the biggest thing they get wrong is connecting and taking that asset and actually optimizing it across the board mm-hmm. they'll do like one big press announcement in a trade with a post and then kind of sit back and think like they're done right right that's not like you have to like really drive over and over and over. You have to create more content. You have to be more present and mm-hmm. they're just not right. because at big companies, there's agendas and departments and they each have different budgets and sure. like, right. you know, PRs like, fuck you. I don't want to work with marketing because whatever, like everybody's looking for credit right. and like, they just have a, it's a tougher thing to do at yeah. a big organization. It's yeah. just hard. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes into our um, the art of selling without selling out. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you talk, you know, it, maybe selling out to you would be that, you know, paying big guys to wear your brand. When I you don't even, I don't even think that. I don't think it's selling out. It's I just, just a bad business. Plan, it, right? it just generally doesn't work out. Right. When it does, like, can we? I don't know. Can we name one? What's yep. a good endorsement? Yeah. That that did work out. Yeah. Oh. In fashion. Shooties. I think you just gave me my answer. You really have to I think mean, about it. I'm I mean, sure they're there, and I'm sure we could come up with one. I mean, what's a good one? You know, Jordan, Stan Smith, you know. You're know. talking about legacy. Chuck brand. Taylor. You're literally talking like, about things yeah. that are on the young end, 30 years sure. old. Sure, right. Right? So, so yeah, I mean, and those guys were playing a different game, right? They, it's they, a, it was a know. different world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly why mm-hmm. to build a brand, you we think you have to do it this way. Because back then. Right. It was maybe, a different maybe space. some of the skate stuff, but again, it's like the first ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know the skaters as much, but like you know, Nike's got their look. Guys. Okay, let's not get confused. Athlete endorsement deals work. Yeah. KD, Jordan, like big yeah. marquee players, like those sell lots of shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
coming in and buying a big celebrity or athlete like Skechers is doing who are they doing now a fucking they got a boxer and a football oh, I player I don't even know but that's so crazy and I'm like holy <laughs> shit but you know I think Skechers is number three in market share in the, in the country oh, right crazy. now so yeah, they're because huge. they dominate the low end right that's, but, yeah. but they have no brand equity no so yeah. like for Skechers they don't care about any sense of cool or yeah, yeah. Right. brand equity yeah, you know where I see oh. Skechers? My, yeah. My, you know, my kid is five. Yeah. So I see him on the playground and, you know, I, like. Your kid wears Vans, dude. Yeah, he wears Vans, Nikes. <laughs> you got a cool kid. Yeah, he's so Adidas. We'll, we'll get him in greats when you make kids shoes. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I'm I'm strict. Like, he wanted the real, the little, not to pick up my son, but, you know, he wanted the little roller skate shoes that with the oh, wheels the that light up. Yeah, and you know he wanted like some, uh, some cartoon shoes or whatever, and I'm like, no, here's, I'm like, <laughs> here's your choices. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm like your choices are Nike, Adidas, Converse, right. Vans. Wow. You Talk know. about dad being influenced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I'm yeah, like, he'll look, appreciate that when he gets. He will. He'll you can like, wear whatever T-shirt you want. He will. I don't care who's on your, you know, Pokemon's on the T-shirt. It's all good. Oh, but boy. sneakers, yeah. like, that's my, you know. That's yeah. your space. Yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah. No, you can. I feel like sometimes I judge people by their <laughs> shoe choices. Well, I judge the parents when I see the kid in Skechers. That was my point. I'm like, okay, these guys. Oh, they, yeah. they you, you, you can't play with them. I think part of it is when you're when you're the first guy in the game to make that kind of deal, uh, endorsement deal or whatever, like, that's great. Mm-hmm. When every athlete coming out has a deal and you're 91st in line. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I, and again, I think more, the more I think about this, like the big brands just lack the connectivity departmentally where like, even if you have that great asset and yeah. it should work, they like fuck it up internally. I did this thing last year. Sorry, Gap. The Gap. <laughs> the Gap and, uh, shit, who was it? Mashable. Okay. Do a digital kind of thing where mm-hmm. they select five best in class startup type people. They photograph you in gap stuff that you style with them mm-hmm. and they push it out as content, like meet the founder of this and see what he's wearing type right. of thing. Okay. So I'm thinking, oh, this is a great piece of exposure for us. Like I can style gap stuff. Like there's some cool shit I would wear. So sure sure let's do it it launches and the gap didn't do anything oh like days go by it's sitting up on mashable somewhere yeah and they hadn't posted it anywhere and i called the gap guy i'm like hey like i'm happy to repost this stuff and redo it but i'm not going to do it before you do it right yeah so are you guys going to post it and they're like oh well there's some things going on. I'm like, oh, okay. But like you just spent a quarter of a million dollars mm-hmm. on That's this crazy. partnership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you think you should push it out? Yeah, but that's part of the mentality is, right? It's thought of as a media buy. So we leave it to the media partner. That's their mm-hmm. problem. They're already on to the next They thing. were, exactly. Yeah. Which I was, but then I would have never done it, right? Sure. Because like, of course. if you're not going to push it, yeah. I'm not going to push it. Yeah. I didn't get paid to do it. I was just thought it was a cool idea. So mm-hmm. we did it. So do you ever think about the uh, the concept of selling out? And if so, like, what would that be for you? Where is there a line? 
Yeah. I mean, I think if you do things that aren't true to your brand and aren't, aren't aligned with like the vision of a company that you start to encroach on the selling out terminology. I don't think selling a lot of shoes is selling out. Sure. Um, you know, we want to be a That's big brand. Game, right? That's the game. That's the right. business we're in. Um, there's things we won't do though. Like, we actually say no more than we say yes. Yeah. So that was like a big thing for us. It's like, it's like, I've been interviewed a few times and they always ask you like, hey, what's the best business advice you were ever given? And I'm like, learn how to say no. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. that's really powerful. Yeah. So, but the gap, again, it comes back in because when we launched, they flew us out five months later to San Francisco and offered us this crazy opportunity to work with them. It was actually Old Navy, not the gap, but mm -hmm. we said no, right? It was too early for us as a brand. We'll probably never do it, but that's neither here nor there. It was like, but it was a lot of money. That would have been selling out. Yeah. yeah. Right, if we just took that, cause it was like, dude, we could invest that in our company. Right, that's like right. a fucking ton. That was like more than we had actually raised. It was crazy. Right. But we didn't, cause it was wrong for the business. It right. was wrong for the brand. Yeah, those are hard decisions to make. I, we had an investor. This wasn't about selling out, but this is like back to that no thing. We had an investor that wanted to come in for a really, really big check, huge. And this is a guy in our business, in the space, that's one of the best private equity CEOs in the fucking world. Mm -hmm. Guy's a wizard. They own every, they've gone through fashion brand, they've either bought or sold, you know, every, lots of brands you know. Mm-hmm. He wanted us to do something with the business that we didn't feel was right at the time. So we said no. But like saying no to when you're raising money and you're saying like, here's a guy that can literally 5X the capital raise in one check. Yeah. That was hard, man. Yeah. Like saying no to that shit is really hard. This is where the lonely part gets so as a CEO. You, why did you have to say no? Because it wasn't right for the business at the time. Right. He wanted us to be something we weren't. Yeah. And he wanted us to go in a direction that we shouldn't, in my yeah. opinion. Right. So he, the, the, the nice way of putting it is, he wasn't aligned with our vision for the company. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what it came down to. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people take the money. Of course. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. I mean, I, and I think, you know, probably when we were first coming up, there was sort of a stigma against just taking the money. Maybe not, but at least in my world. But that seems to have gone away. Like, like meaning you would take the money. Nobody would be mad at you for that. Your shit might fail. Or it might turn into something that you no longer love and you have to, you get pushed out or you have to walk away, but, but you'd be forgiven for taking the check, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's no longer, if there ever was, like a societal pressure to sort of stay true. So it has to all come from you. Yeah, but like, I believe it would have helped us go in the direction of failure. Mm -hmm. So... Why would, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Societally, I would have been like, hey, yeah, I took a big check. I'm like, okay. But if the company failed because of it, then I made a mistake, mm -hmm. right? So that's why we, we, we wouldn't, we just said no. Yeah. I mean, we, we protect this thing yeah. pretty heavily. Yeah. It's, it's no, almost, yeah. it's obsessive, like, for sure. Yeah, We're, I think like, so. the, oh, yeah, I think that's what you need. You right? have to, because yeah. the world, this is hard no matter what. Right. The reason startups fail, like most of the time, is because of those simple little things that they just got wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And 
we're trying not to. Yeah. So what, what, like, do you have mentors that guide you through this? Like, how do you, how do you guide yourself through that? I mean, it feels like saying no to money like that is probably hard to digest after you said no. And you're like, am I making the right decision? Am I like, this could change my life forever. Like, how do you guide yourself through that? I work on instinct most of the time. Like, I just, I feel like I have, uh, one of my skills is like instinctually I get people and like I can call it just as it is. Like that's, mm -hmm. whether I'm right about that or not, that's the way I live. And it's worked so okay. far. Right. Yeah. But yes, we have like pretty, pretty good. I have a good group of advisors f officially like at the company mm -hmm. and we have investors that I would soundboard that off of. And like, you know, getting investors in is like a big deal mm -hmm. and you kind of want to align. You want investors that are going to be understanding of your vision. You don't want yes men, but you don't want people that are like totally on the other side. Either. Right. So yeah. I went to our lead investor and I said, look, this is a situation like here's what my instinct says. Yeah. What do you think? Because mm -hmm. he has a right. Right. Mm -hmm. He has a real board stay. right yeah. to be like, right. hey, man that's you need to take that money yeah right. and he totally agreed with me he's like dude fuck it we'll get it yeah you, know, you don't right. need it mm -hmm. like it's not it's not we'll just say no. right so you have right. to definitely find those guys that are interested yeah but in but, brand building. but I, he's not good because he said do what you think is right he's good that he understood why we wanted to say yeah, no yeah yeah mm -hmm. right there's a difference yeah yeah absolutely because when i'm wrong he's like dude you're fucking wrong mm -hmm. like he says it that way too he's like right. hey you need to recalibrate how you're looking at this because of the following reasons. And then he makes me realize, oh, yeah, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. What, um, you know, we talked about some, some numbers where you'd like to be, but, like, how do you know when you're, <laughs> Never. When you, have, when you don't have to worry anymore. <sighs> How do you know when you don't? I mean, you always have to worry. Mm. I mean, what's the, like? We have revenue goals that. No. Are, so let me ask you, like, like, how do you know when you when you've you've kind of reached the goal? There's no end goal, man. Okay. There just isn't. Like, do you think Phil Knight sat around and he's like, when I get to one billion dollars, like I'm done? Mm -hmm. Like, no. We just want to build a great brand. Mm -hmm. All the other stuff will come by doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. If it's revenue or conversion or how many customers or parasol, like that'll just continue to grow mm -hmm. as we continue to build a great brand. Like I really approach it that way. Some people are like, what are you going to do when you have hit a hundred million dollars? Right. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. It's it, like, it's distracting to think about it because like building the brand is hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's focus there. Yeah. All the other stuff will yeah. work out. Absolutely. And obviously you're talking about, you know, some hard choices along the way. Um, what do you think are the biggest sacrifices that you've made to this? Oh point? man. Well, one, I moved back to New York. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I love you in New York, but you know, you're not Venice. <laughs> Um, it's a thousand percent dedicated. Whoa, what just Oopsie. happened? <clears throat> that feels good though. LA weather. Um, we're having a blackout. <laughs> I have a very narrow life. I live a block from the office. Mm -hmm. I, we don't 
you know, my girlfriend and I don't get to do a lot of like vacationing or like, you know, it's a 24 seven groundhog day type thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, get up 6 a.m. Fall down at 1130 mm-hmm. p.m. Like that's where we're at probably for another two years where I can not I just don't have the time to do like have balance in my life which sucks because my life before this was very balanced sure I had a really idyllic kind of lifestyle it was really nice but startups demand that yeah. they're babies yeah like you have a son right mm-hmm. when he was like six months it was one way now that he's five you're like a little bit, you know, hands off. You can do other things and find some balance. Yeah. So that's the hard part. Like focus, like the level of, I'm surprised at myself because I couldn't have done this 10 years ago. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't have. I was fucked up in my, not fucked up, like mental. I was just scattered. Like I was occupied with other things. Mm -hmm. So I needed to be at a place in my life where I could literally like laser down focus and fortunately i found i grew into that mm-hmm. and we started greats yeah mm-hmm. let's promote some shit real fast and i also want to know um how has living in brooklyn has your has that affected what you're listening to and music yeah no not at all not at all what no. are you playing what am i playing right now yeah. Sorry, where's my yeah, phone? Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> because, I love everyone asking no, that because, question. No, because where's my phone? I'm listening to this shit a lot. I just can't remember his name uh-huh. right now. Thundercats. Who? I don't know. Thundercats. I'm just gonna throw out some random names. Well, it's crazy because I, I, okay, I just listened to Coldplay "Parachutes" uh-huh. after not listening to it for ten yeah. years. Okay. And just was like, that's a fucking good record. I don't care what kind of music you, you know, like. like that's a mm-hmm. great. All right, so here's what I've been listening to a lot though: the new Miguel record. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jeremiah or yep. Jeremiah, however you say it. Jamie XX. Okay. This is like heavy rotation. Uh. And Leon Bridges. Do you know yeah. this guy? Yeah, yeah, dope. Dude. This kid, this this kid's talent. Coming home to your tender sweet love and you're my one and only one What is a bit of taste in my mouth, girl? You're the only one that I want All right, uh, let's promote some shit. How do we how do we find you online? So, website, greats.com. Okay. Can't forget that. Definitely not. All of our social feeds are greats brand. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook. What else? It's good. Definitely subscribe. Check your morning wood. Check your morning wood. <laughs> Tell me, tell us on Instagram if you listen to this podcast. I'm going to give Josh some feedback. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you discover it. greats through this fe- podcast? Okay, good. That'll be a good <laughs> test for us. <laughs> and how can I promote you? 
Let's give some shoes away. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, we'll do that. We'll do a Twitter giveaway at Rebel Radio Net. Follow us. Post a comment for Ryan, and you might win a pair of greats. There you go. Yeah, what'd you guys think of that? This is our, uh, it's been a while since we've had somebody that was not a musician. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I know I did. I'd love to hear what you think. If you want to hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net or leave us a comment on our SoundCloud or iTunes. Let me know if we should have more streetwear impresarios. That's right. I said impresario. What you know about that? Come back next week on Rebel Radio. Peace.